Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 360. A cruise is a great vacation, getaway, and place to propose. This week's cruise story is all about how Ryan picked a cruise vacation as the perfect setting for proposing to his girlfriend, as Ryan shares how he planned everything for a very memorable cruise. Here we go. Our cruise story story continues this week with another great one from one of our podcast listeners. It is Ryan Lehu from Virginia joining us on this week. Well, Ryan, welcome to the Rogue Blog Podcast. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me. It's an honor to be here. How are you, sir? I am well, and I'm excited to hear about like like all cruise stories. I kind of just read the gist of it, like just to understand that you're not like here to try to sell us money for a Nigerian prince. But um, <laughs> but I think for this week's cruise story, uh, we're going to be going on Oasis of the Seas. Is that right? That's correct. It was a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise uh, to Labadee, Falmouth, and Cosmel on Oasis of the Seas. And this was back on uh, in January, late January of this year. Okay, nice. So uh, where where does the story begin? All right. So actually, the story begins... Probably about a year and a half before this, we were originally supposed to go on a cruise in September 2019, and it was going to be out of Fort Lauderdale. Um, And at that time, Hurricane Dorian was coming through. Um, So we literally, you know, our sailing was probably about a day before Dorian was hitting. So, you know... They were still scrambling at that point and kind of uh, determining whether certain ships were going to go out for the full time and whatnot. And we decided to actually cancel ours. Um, Good thing, though, we did have a travel agent. You know, you always advise to have a travel agent. They did all the work for us, basically rebooked our cruise when we decide when we wanted to go. Um, So we decided to, you know, the only thing that changed really, we had the same itinerary. It was still going to be a Western uh, Caribbean cruise seven night. um, And the only difference was we went out of Miami on Oasis. So ended up being good. Uh, Really not a whole lot of changes besides uh, our port and the time of the year. Interesting. Okay. Um, And and again, was there a reason why you picked Oasis over maybe a different Oasis class ship or just... uh uh, so, yeah, originally it was supposed to be on Allure. Um, so I've been on Allure before, but um, my girlfriend and I were going, and this was going to be our first cruise together. Um, and we were just kind of looking at prices and time of year, and we figured we wanted to do the same itinerary. Um, so that was kind of our main decision. Um to go and we figured you know the january time frame you know if it's end of january or kind of beginning of february there's not as many people on in terms of people are going back to school and the holidays are done so that was our main thing um and we're actually also really excited to see the um port in miami the new royal caribbean port so that was cool too yeah, Terminal A is, uh, it, it really is incredible. I mean, usually we don't, embarkation ports are just more of a dime a dozen <laughs> type. But uh, yeah, that one definitely stands out, no question about it. That's a, that's a neat uh, neat opportunity to go there, not only the ship, but are you starting off on a high note there. So did you come in the day before the cruise or uh, did you uh, fly in the day of? What was your approach for, for planning that? 
So I am a very high believer, as you always state, always go the day before, and I have a perfect reason why. So our flight was supposed to be, it was a Sunday sailing, so we were supposed to leave from our local airport, uh, Dulles Airport, Saturday at about like 8.30 a.m. So we're up, break of dawn, 4.30 in the morning, shower, get out the door, get to the airport, everything's good. We all get on the plane. And it seems like we're about to leave the gateway. And the pilot came over the air saying they had technical errors on a part malfunction. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're all sitting there like, oh, man, here we go. We had we had the original delay back in September. And now our flight's going to get canceled. So I was just thinking the worst. So we all get off the plane and we end up figuring out that they had to bring a part from another city on another flight and it wouldn't get there till maybe about noonish. So I just kept telling myself, it's fine if it's delayed today, but we have to get there tonight. <laughs> we can't <laughs> wait till tomorrow. If we right. wait till tomorrow, that's bad, bad news. And I couldn't tell you how many people were on our flight that were so upset because they were trying to catch a cruise that same night. It's it, it, people don't think it'll happen to them. Um, but it's just, I mean, to me, booking a cruise the same, booking a flight the same day your cruise leaves is playing with fire. Statistically, it's probably going to be okay. But my goodness, like if you're sitting in the seat of your airplane and then you get that that you know the announcement from the from the captain, like you know that that's that 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 feeling in the pit of your stomach is like being pulled over by the police. Uh, getting fired and um, your kid throwing up all over your brand new sofa rolled into one in terms of that, that bad news bears type feeling there. So yeah, uh, that's uh, at least there is something, at least for you, the first thing you can say is, Oh good. There is still, there's still buffer there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was fine. I just kept telling myself, you know, as long as we leave that day, we're good. And we did. Um, I mean, we had a full, you know, plan of getting into Miami and exploring and doing all this. And it pales into comparison of making your cruise and doing all, you know, getting on your cruise and everything being okay. So, but no, we, um, we got to Miami and it was actually really cool, you know, in hindsight, you know, we were originally upset that our original cruise in September didn't happen, but, you know, I looked at it, you know, from a more positive aspect when we went to Miami the Super Bowl was being held in Miami the next weekend so they had all of these festivities in Miami when we were there um so they had like in this park by the waterfront um that all these Super Bowl setups they had like all these giant team logo football helmets that you could take pictures in front of and all these interactive games and shops so we actually got to explore that and um got some good Cuban sandwiches and enjoyed the waterfront. So it actually ended up being a really nice evening. That's great. Uh, which, did you say which hotel you stayed at? Just for people's own, uh, you know, people always like to know good hotels. Yeah. So we stayed at the courtyard, uh, Miami downtown Brickell area. Um, and Beautiful. it's probably about a 10 to 15 minute walk from the, waterfront like um mall area and dining and then it's only about a 15 minute uber ride to the terminal so it was perfect and i highly recommend it so now that you made it to the cruise ship what i guess (laughs) i don't want to give it away but what was what makes this 
particular cruise, Ryan, stand out? Why are we, what's significant about this cruise story that we're hearing about today? Okay, so the significance is I was so lucky to be able to go on this cruise with my girlfriend at the time. Um, And I had planned for months and months to propose to my girlfriend. Um, And, you know, I I spent months planning, like, where am I going to do it? Um, You know, during what time, you know, do I need to make it, you know, fancy and do this and that? And your mind just runs wild. And we kind of wanted something that was simple. And it was something that we could just enjoy the two of us. And we had talked about um, marriage and proposing before this, and we were both wanting to do it, something that was between the two of us and special. So it was the first night we just got done with dinner. Um, we were going to a show later that night. It was the Aqua 80 show and the, um, well, let me, the, uh, yeah, sorry, let me, let me back you up one second here. Just gotta get some ground rules set up here for this proposal. Number one, uh, did she have any idea it was coming? No, no idea. Okay. Number two, why did you choose a cruise over proposing somewhere in beautiful and exotic Northern Virginia? Um, you know, it's just one of those things. Like cruises are, they're they're awesome. My my fiance had been on cruises before. I have been on over ten cruises myself. This was kind of like the vacation that we were looking for, and I just figured. Why not do it on an amazing ship, you know, on an amazing vacation, and we have a week to celebrate it? So that that was my thinking behind it. So that puts the pressure on you to get it done early, right? As opposed to like the last night of the cruise. Yeah, you, you got it exactly. So I ended up doing it the first night, like I said, after dinner. And it was just kind of, I hadn't really thought about an exact moment of when I was going to do it. I just kind of thought, when the time is right, I'll know. And we were just in our balcony. Um, We had an oceanfront balcony. We were pretty much dead center in the middle of the ship. And we were just outside. And all the stars were out there, you know, not trying to get too, you know, mushy here, you know. (laughs) But um, everything everything was just perfect. So I snuck back into the room and got the ring out of my backpack. And I told her what an amazing woman she is and how lucky I am to have her in my life. And I got down on one knee and, you know, she she said yes. So it was a good time. Now, where sorry, where was it on the ship? It was actually in our balcony. We had a oceanfront balcony room. So That's it was awesome. outside on the balcony. That's that's terrific! Wow, that's and obviously I think uh, you, I think I know the answer was yes to that one. And uh, wow, what a great opportunity on night one! That way she can really, you know, I know when when I proposed to to my wife, uh, we I did it on a trip to Disney World, and she wore the ring obviously for the rest of the trip there. It's kind of a it is a nice way to do it in the beginning there. That's that's fantastic, and it's yeah. nice that you uh, I I give you credit from one guy to another. It is not easy to. Uh, just wing it <laughs> like the amount of I remember that the days leading up to it I had a plan in action and the days leading up to it like the my stomach was in knots that in like I just it was it was like killing me on the inside because I was so nervous not that she was gonna say no but you, know, you want it to be special you want it to do you know you want to do it the right way and blah 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 um, so it, it's it's just uh, I give you credit man because <laughs> you did it the uh, the way that you could just kind of like oh when it feels right I'll do it 
Uh, I don't know that I had the uh, intestinal fortitude <laughs> to, to, to manage that. So more power to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, trust me, in the months leading up, every possibility went through my mind. Like, oh, should I do it in Central Park? That would be nice. Should I do it on our balcony? And it really came down to just wanting it to be between us. And I just thought, you know, as long as it wasn't pouring rain outside, that the balcony would have been the best spot to do it. So, yeah, it was perfect. So now, with this in mind, you knew you were going to propose on this cruise. Did you plan any other surprises or any other uh, proposal-esque, uh, I don't want to call it a honeymoon, obviously, but like a like th- that, that type of level, like celebrations or special things to, again, put the icing on the cake, if you will? Yeah, so we, in terms of um, excursions, we planned a, um, for, what stop was it? For Cozumel. We planned, this was by far the best excursion I've ever done. We took a ferry to the mainland um, and we went to somewhere called Explore Adventure Park, which was in Playa del Carmen. Okay. Um, It's basically a huge fun park that has zip lining. It has um, like ATV riding. It has cave swimming. Um, it's an all-day event. You know, the the ferry over to the mainland took an hour, and then you're you take a bus ride. But the the overall experience this place had was just breathtaking. It's in the middle of like the jungle, and you go up on the zip lines, and you can see like wild monkeys going through the trees, and it, it was awesome. So we did that, um, and then. Another thing I planned the day before on night five, I believe, um, I bought a 60-minute uh, deep tissue couples massage for us. And originally, I bought it for her, telling her it was a birthday present. But in reality, it was to celebrate the engagement. So we both enjoyed that as well. Nice. I like the I like the cover story. It's always good to have a good cover story. Why are you doing uh, certain things. So that's even better. Yeah. Um, that, that's fantastic. Now, did the, um, did you, uh, during the cruise itself, like on board the ship, did you, uh, perhaps, um, incorporate anything other, any like the dining room or, uh, any other celebrations on board? Um, so we we're big fans of doing the main dining room and we do early, um, early dining. So we have the whole rest of the night. So obviously, um, you know, the first night was the only night we were in the main dining room that we weren't engaged. So every night after that, you know, we told everyone, our waiter, <laughs> our our people eating right next to us, you know, we just figured like we might as well just tell everyone and soak it all in. So we enjoyed that. Another fun thing we did is I'm pretty sure almost every night we went and took pictures um, that Royal Caribbean offered because we wanted to get pictures to remember this. Um, so we had to have taken, you know, like 200 pictures. Um, so, and then at the end of the cruise, we went and looked through all of them. And I think we ended up picking 10 of them and they had some kind of last minute, last night sale and picked out 10 of those that we, you know, we love. And we can look back at that every time and just think of the awesome cruise we had and everything. That's fantastic. And listen, I I had my honeymoon on a cruise. Not the same, quite the same thing. But it is nice that you can revisit it. Heck, you can stay in the same room if you wanted to, you know, on 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 the ship. And I think that 
um, it, it's kind of special to have that there. Not only you have those photos, but it, it's kind of a way that when you take subsequent cruises, it it almost it rekindles that kind of magic a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, it it's something that we will both cherish forever. And you know, obviously, in the future when things settle down with everything that's going on in the world we definitely plan on going on the same ship and hopefully getting on you know the same room because that would just be awesome (laughs) to celebrate that way absolutely i assume that i mean obviously she said yes so it was a success did she uh what did she think about it after like what did you you must have like you know talked about it afterwards and kind of you know the 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 idea of a cruise i mean did she like really enjoy the 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 rest of the cruise was it a highlight for her as well yeah, definitely. She was super happy that um, it was done on the balcony between us because, like I said, that was something that was really important to us. So that was fun and kind of a funny story. We can go back and laugh on it now. But when I got down on one knee, she kind of did that like awestruck thing where is this real? Is this really happening? Yeah. <laughs> type thing. Um, it, it really took her a few seconds to realize what was happening. And then she obviously was overjoyed and said yes and everything. But it's really funny to look back on it because I can picture her face when I did that. And it was just kind of like a deer in the headlights look. Oh, yeah. But, oh, sure. Um, yeah, you think about it, it but I, I can only imagine it's one of those things until it actually happens. Like, oh, my God, you know, it's it's it, it's, it's really happening, you know. Yeah, so um, we both look back at that and we laugh at that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Ryan, I'm really glad you're able to share this, and it's always nice to have a little bit of. I hope this your story brings a smile to everyone else listening because it, it brought it to my face that you know hearing about it, the excitement, uh, the energy there, and and again, I think it's a it's a nice touch to have it to be able to have that cruise ship and be able to, you know, it's almost like reliving it, revisiting the 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 magic if you will and um i hope that you enjoy it as much as my wife and i do when we get to go back on mariner of the seas which is simply that our honeymoon on it's always a little it's a little extra special every single time yeah definitely we will always you know royal caribbean in general will always be the quote-unquote place that we got engaged and more specifically on oasis of the seas and our specific cabin and you know it's just it's amazing to think back on it, and uh, we plan on going back when things get back to normal to celebrate again. Awesome. Well, Ryan, thanks for joining us here on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, friends, time to answer some listener questions. This is the part of the episode where you can email me your Royal Caribbean questions to be answered right here on the podcast. You can always do so by sending it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email is from Monica Sugar. It's last November, my husband and I booked our 2021 cruise vacation on Symphony of the Seas. We were able to secure our cabin on a ship we haven't been on, an itinerary with mostly new ports, including Perfect Day, Coco Key. My question is, can I turn our reservation over to our travel agent? I'd feel better knowing someone is on our side, especially during hurricane season and during the unknown of this current pandemic. I just hope she'll receive the commission for all the work she would be doing. Thanks in advance. I was listening to some old podcasts from the fall shortly after Dorian. Monica, thanks for the email. And uh, the answer is yes, absolutely. You know, if you book a cruise on your own through Royal Caribbean uh, via Royal Caribbean's website or you call Royal Caribbean or you book it 
on board a Royal Caribbean ship at the next cruise office, you can then transfer to travel agent. And yes, if you do so, the travel agent still gets the commission. Commissions are paid when the uh, person actually goes on a cruise, not at the time of booking, uh, which is actually why during this current pandemic, so many travel agents are hurting because they don't get paid unless people actually go on the cruise. So uh, the answer to your question is absolutely, Monica. You have 60 days from when you make the reservation to transfer it over. So don't uh, dilly-dally, as they say. Next, we have an email from Liz from Minneapolis. And if you listen to last week's episode, Liz sent the sent me the incomplete, unscientific story of the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast, part one. And part two is here today. So, uh, you know, if you haven't listened to it, I might suggest uh, listening to last week's episode first so that it makes a little more sense. But uh, <laughs> let's rinse. Hi, Matt. Glad you got to juggle out of part one of the synopsis. Ready for more? Last time in part one of the incomplete unscientific story of the Royal Green Blog podcast, I shared what stayed the same since the podcast began in August 2013. How about what's changed over seven years? Uh, new ship, so fun to hear about things like Oasis Number no. 3 or the forthcoming Anthem. I got to hear interview with the 270 designer after having been on Anthem twice. The ending Q&A music changed very early on, though it's been ever, the same ever since. The episodes have slightly increased in length. You and your wife had your second daughter and at some point moved states. The beverage package policy changed a few times, I think. Dynamic Dining came and went, full disclosure. I skipped the preview Dynamic Dining episode since I knew the end of the story. You can sign up for Crown and Anchor before your first cruise, no more waiting, and you are Emerald when you started the podcast. You take listener messages via voice. I remember Peter from Scotland. Online check-in was once a new and exciting thing. Around episode 250, you explained the port day experience, and there used to be so much paperwork. You were once more enamored with Labadee. Hello, perfect day, Coco Key. Personally, I was platinum when I discovered your podcast. Our last cruise ended on March 12th, 2020, on which my husband and I earned diamond status. We've also seen changes in our own cruising history. Moving from the Caribbean to Europe and Canada, we started as inside stateroom people and had become balcony people, though the couple junior suites we tried might push us in that direction. Learning new things about Royal Caribbean encourages us to all try new experiences. Thanks for keeping us informed on what's changing with our favorite cruise line and sharing all the different ways people cruise. Watch for the final installment of this email series, part three, interesting firsts. Wow, Liz, this is awesome. I love this. I don't know if you guys are going to kick out of it. I am because there's a couple things that are interesting that I picked up on that I didn't even realize was the case. Number one, I started the podcast when I was Emerald, which seems like so long ago. But I remember getting to Emerald and thinking that was really a big deal because it allowed me to, uh, you know, we the 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 when you're at the check-in, um, it's the difference between Emerald and Platinum is a big difference. You get a it's a big leg up over there, so I always enjoyed that. So I thought that was pretty darn cool. The music did change. I forget. Oh, you know what it was? I think I so I bought um, for the for the email music that you're hearing behind this uh, the listener questions. Um, this is um, what's the royalty-free music that you buy one time and then you can use it as many times as you want, right? And I think when I first started the podcast, I was like, oh, this one sounds good. And I believe it was email background music that another podcast, another cruise podcast was using. I don't remember if it was Crowncast or another one. I actually think, oh my gosh, you know what's funny is I think it's another podcast and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of that podcast. Um, wow, it's we're going back now. It's like trying to remember your fourth grade teacher's name, which I do remember actually, Miss Pafrath. 
But uh, <laughs> but you ever like there's certain things that you always remember, and then you at some point you think back like I don't remember those things anymore, like who you went to high school with. Anyway. I digress. Anyway, so yes, so I discovered someone else was using that music, and I decided in the interest of uh, not copying somebody to find something else, and I found this one. I think this one's great. So yeah, we've been sticking around with this one. The listener voicemails, you know, it just never took off. Uh, it's not that I stopped doing them. I just stopped, uh, we stopped getting them, quite frankly. Uh, number one, granted, I don't mention on the podcast, although if you go to royalcarmainblog.com and go to our podcast show notes, you'll see the phone number over there if you wanted to call in, but... Uh, yeah, no, I never, it's just, they just stopped coming in, but there were definitely people, Peter from Scotland, Peter from Scotland, and, uh, some other folks, you know, people come and go as their vacations come and go, I understand that, but it was, it was nice, a little nice way to, uh, change things up a little bit, and, uh, with the change, with my favorite being Labadee to Coco Key, absolutely true, there was a great episode where there was a three-way debate, it was me, Michael Poole, and somebody else, and we were debating the virtues of private islands, and, you know, I remember, you know, Michael was all about Coco Key, and I was like, you're crazy, dude. That place is, it's fine, but, you know, you gotta take, you gotta take a ferry, uh, there's barely anything to do there, like, no, Labadee's where it's at, and now, look, I love, Labadee's amazing, I still love Labadee, I, I, if my cruise goes there, I am excited for it, but, there's Perfect Day at Coco Key, and then there's everything else, which is a testament to the work they've done over there. So really, really, really nice stuff. And I think everything else you mentioned is correct. Uh, we did have my second daughter at some point during that the, the lifespan of the podcast. I didn't quite remember that was the case. We did move a lot. Um, I started Royal Caribbean, I started Royal Caribbean blog living in Florida. Then we moved to Connecticut. Then we moved, sorry, no, Florida, then New York, then Connecticut then Georgia, and then back to Florida. And then in Florida, we moved around a couple times. So yeah, we've been uh, we've been around the block a few times doing these things, so a lot has changed. And Liz, I really appreciate this. I'm, I'm enjoying it, Liz. Thank you for taking the time to go through all that. And our last email today is from Terry, who writes, Hi Matt, do you know how Royal Caribbean distributes the money collected as gratuities for drinks or drink packages? When I first started cruising, it was cash-only environment, so that was pretty easy to figure out. You tip the server in cash, and I would assume he kept it. Nowadays, the answer to the question seems to be much less straightforward. Do they just take the total amount of gratuities collected on a given sailing and divide it up equally? It seems to be more complex given they probably sometimes collect more gratuities than the amount served in the case where someone buys a deluxe drink package and fails to drink the daily value. Add to that the soda package where most of the self-service machines and the fact that there's also the Bionic Bar. Why tip a machine? You may also have covered this in the past before I give a follow of your blog, or it may be something you covered in a future blog, and please feel free to do so. Keep up the good work. Hope to catch you your live on YouTube. Terry, thanks for the email. So uh, the way that works is in the age of the drink package, the way it works is the more drinks served by a waiter, the bigger their portion is. So imagine there, there's a pie of drink package purchases. You're absolutely right on that. But someone who who's you know who takes orders from a hundred people should get with the drink package that is should get a bigger gratuity base than someone who took five uh, drink order packages. So that's how it works, Terry. And it also keeps it. One of the concerns early on was if there's a drink package and it's unlimited. You know, will the waiters just stop caring because they're not getting quote unquote, you know, the tips don't matter at that point because it's a fixed thing. And it's not. That was an early concern. And I asked the I've asked the the wait staff about that. Essentially, the more orders they take, the more uh you know, drink orders they take, the bigger share of their pie. So they're very much incentivized to be out there and take drink orders. And if people do share them uh, or tip them on top of that cash, that's the old system. And then that gets it put in their pocket. I don't know if they do if they do pool the tips 
among the, the 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 different staff that are on you know on duty that day. But um, yeah, that's more straightforward in the old way. One thing though that you're uh, I want to correct you on is the bionic bar. You say why tip a machine? Well, yeah, okay, the machine is making the drinks, but the machines cannot service themselves. The machines cannot clean themselves. Human beings still do that. And if you hang around the bionic bar long enough, you will definitely see crew members coming in and and cleaning, refilling servicing so there's still a human component to that and that is why you still need a tip of human beings there but it's a good question terry i know that uh, when the drink packages first came out there very much was that concern uh going forward there so guys thanks so much for checking out the royal caribbean blog podcast of course you can always send me your emails at matt at royal caribbean blog.com matt m-a-t-t at royal caribbean blog.com this has been matt and we'll talk again real soon